Hello everyone and welcome to Cody's Car Conundrum. I'm your host, Cody Wagner. Here we'll discuss everything related to the wide world of automobiles, including culture, news, games, interviews, and events. Without further ado, let's get on with the show. Hey, hey everyone, welcome to the show. We are going to be covering one car, and one car only today. It feels like we've been waiting a decade for it to come out you probably already know what it is. It's the Ford Bronco. After the reveal got delayed and delayed, much like the C8 Corvette actually, it is now finally here and it is now finally out. And we are going to talk about it. Thankfully, things should go fairly smoothly because Road and Track, which is where I'm going to be reading most of these articles, has split up various different aspects of the Bronco into their own separate articles. So this should be fairly easy, but with that said, this article, the first one anyway, is still fairly long. So it's not like this is going to be a very, very short episode. Let's start this. You probably want me to stop blabbing. You want to know what this thing has. I want to know what this thing has. Let's do it. The Ford Bronco is back with 310 horsepower, removable doors, and a manual with removable roof options and removable roof options and 35 inch tires is the first serious competition the Wrangler has faced in decades. After a two decade hiatus and months of leaks, the Ford Bronco is finally back for 2021. It's got removable doors, multiple drop top options, tons of off-road features, and a lot of power. And it's available in two door and four door models. That means for the first time in 20 years, the Jeep Wrangler has serious competition. It starts with the basic architecture. The Bronco is a true return to form, a body-on-frame SUV with a solid rear axle and serious chops. Dana locking differentials are available front and rear with shift-on-the-fly four-wheel drive with low-range standard on all models. On the top end, Bronco Badlands, you'll even be able to disconnect the front stabilizer bar for maximum suspension articulation off-road. That'll help make up for the independent front suspension, which improves high-speed stability and on-road drivability versus the solid front axle found on the Wrangler. Speaking of high-speed, the top-of-the-line engine available will be the 2.7-liter EcoBoost V6, familiar from the F-150, made it to a 10-speed automatic and making 310 horsepower and a massive 400 pound-feet of torque. That beats out all gas Wrangler powertrain options, until the suspected V8 Wrangler hits dealerships, of course. The base Bronco engine is a 2.3-liter EcoBoost inline-four, making 270 horsepower and 310 pound-feet of torque, and pay it paired to either a 10-speed automatic or a 7-speed manual, with an extremely crawler-gear ratio that nets a 94.75 to 1 crawl ratio with a transfer case in 4-low. No hybrid, electric, diesel, or V8 variants have been announced at this time. All Bronco trim levels will be available with the Sasquatch package, named for the big feet that come with this off-road focused option. A class-exclusive 35-inch tire, or tires because there's four, obviously. The package includes locking differentials, Bilstein position-sensitive shocks, B-lock-capable wheels, a lifted suspension, and high-clearance fender flares. Since you can get it on all trims, that means you can get an utterly stripped-out Bronco with serious capability and zero luxury options. That means class-leading ground clearance, 11.7 inches, sorry, 11.6 inches, 17% more suspension travel than a Wrangler, and best-in-class water fording, up to 33.5 inches. The Wrangler still has the Bronco beat on approach angle, but the Bronco has best-in-class breakover, 29 degrees, and departure angles, 37.2 degrees. 
Plus, Ford offers technology designed to make off-roading more approachable. See, it's interesting because with the Wrangler, not that a base Wrangler isn't capable, but if you want the most capable Wrangler outside of going to aftermarket stuff, you kind of have to get the Rubicon. So, so Ford decided to kind of kick the legs from under the Wrangler by offering a incredibly capable off-road package for all the models. So you're not going to have to get a $60,000 Wrangler to have a ridiculously capable off-road vehicle from the get-go. Smart move. Smart move. Maybe we'll start getting Rubicon packages or something for the Wrangler. I would hope so. The key component is the Bronco's terrain management system with customizable GOAT modes goes over any terrain. Yes, we think the acronym should have should have a second T in it too. Or it goes over any type of terrain, sorry. The selectable drive modes configure the throttle response, four-wheel drive mode, traction control, and transmission shift strategy to maximize traction on sand, mud, rocks, or snowy roads. Available trail control functions include off-road cruise control, which holds a steady speed up or downhill, allowing you to focus on steering, or a trail one pedal control, where the vehicle comes to a halt whenever you lift fully off the gas. Should you encounter a tight corner, the trail turn assist uses the torque vectoring system to break the inside rear wheel and power the outside rear wheel to help the vehicle pivot. That's a very good idea. I don't really like the one pedal control, mostly because I find it pretty unnecessary. I mean, if you're having that much trouble remembering to move from the brake to the gas, you might want to take a few more driving lessons. But then again, I don't do off-roading, and hey, that's not even my scene, so maybe that's maybe that has way more use than I'm giving it credit for. Maybe that's way more useful than I think it is. Ford also recognizes the insane demand for aftermarket customization in the segment. According to the automaker, buyers in the off-road utility segment often spend thousands on their rigs. They're gosh darn right about that. They're absolutely right about that. We all, we've all seen lifted and highly customized Wranglers. That is not a surprise. So the Bronco is launching with over 200 factory-backed Ford accessories like winches, aftermarket doors, light bars, and more. That's in addition to the customizable details that come straight from the factory. Things like tie-down points on the hood for mounting cameras or securing canoes, a dash rail for mounting GPS or phones, and a slide-out cargo tray and built-in bottle opener in the trunk area ready for tailgating. The doors are also frameless, making them easier to take off and store. In fact, the four-door Bronco can fit all of its doors on board, something the Jeep aftermarket has struggled with. How many people are really doing that, though? Trying to put the doors in the back. I bet you it's more than I think it is. I just... To me, that seems like you're taking up space that could be used for other things. If you're taking the doors off your Jeep, I highly doubt you're going to want to put them back on mid-trail. Or when you drive back home. If, if you're committed to taking your doors off, you're committed to dealing with whatever having the doors off entails. But... That's just my opinion. I don't, again, I don't speak with a lot of Jeepers, so I wouldn't know. Maybe I'll try and hook something up and see what it's about and get a bit more educated on the nuances and the pitfalls of off-roading. Plus, with enrollment in Ford's free Bronco Off-Rodeo driving school included with every vehicle, Ford is trying to build up a community of Bronco superfans to represent the newly relaunched nameplate. That's something Jeep could do. They probably don't need to because I bet you there's already a bunch of smaller groups in whatever local area that will already do that for you. But that is a good idea. That is a very, very good idea. I do have to wonder though, considering the doors are frameless, how how safe the new Bronco is. Now, that's obviously a caveat. 
the Wranglers already not safe, and the Broncos likely not going to be that safe, considering its design. And what having all this custom customization and open-top freedom and open-door freedom entails, but ideally you wouldn't want to make it worse than it is. Huh? We'll see. We don't have any of the IHS crash test videos yet, or let alone the scores. Those buyers are the ones who will most likely option the marine-grade upholstery, take advantage of the water-resistant interior, oh, well, there you go, and use the drain plugs in the floor to hose out the interior. They'll pick the base model with the Sasquatch package, or opt for the beefier Black Diamond, the Desert Running Wild Track, or the Rock Crawling, rock crawling Badlands Edition. Also, I just want to say, having the dash rail for cameras and stuff, and having the potential to mount cameras outside the vehicle and building that kind of functionality into the vehicle. That is something that Jeep could definitely benefit from with the next Wrangler. That is something they should definitely have because that's a brilliant idea. Well done to you, Ford. That is a great idea. I don't... I'm, I'm not trying to be sarcastic, genuinely. That is a fantastic idea. Anyway, though, more casual buyers can get the beach cruising Outer Banks or the more affordable Big Bend. Ford figures those buyers will focus on the tech from the suite of active safety goodies to the optional 12-inch infotainment display with Sync 4 and over-the-air updates. That system also supports trail maps with the help of an app and wireless Apple CarPlay. Full pricing isn't yet available, but we know that the base Tudor Bronco will start at $29,995, $1,700 more expensive than the cheapest Tudor Wrangler. Reservations, be reservations begin today with a $100 deposit. Deliveries begin in the spring of 2021. Well, I guess that means I'll have Broncos to look forward to next year. Next here, we have an article about the interior and, well, with more details about the interior, I should say, starting with the fact that it's heritage-inspired. The Broncos dashboard looks sleek and modern, and its general shape is a nod to the original Broncos' simple design. The car shown here has the optional 12-inch infotainment screen. Note for the Bronco badges on the steering wheel and on the right side of the dash. A Bronco-faced plaque. A closer look at the center console reveals a grab handle for the passenger and a plaque below the gear shifter designed in the shape of the Bronco's front fascia. Clever stuff, Ford. Dashboard rail. Want to record your off-road adventures or want a secure place to mount your phone? The Bronco has a railing on the dash where you can mount all kinds of trinkets along with the windshield without having to fiddle with annoying aftermarket suction mounts. Very good idea. Very, very good idea by Ford. A practical dashboard. Along with the switch panel in the middle of this interior picture is the main subject. We're more interested in what's above. The Bronco has plenty of storage trays for small items like pens, notebooks, wallets, and phones. There's even a charging port right next to the windshield to power whatever devices you might have mounted to that rail from before. Also note how the start-stop button shares its shape with the headlights. Seatback Equipment Mount don't want to lose items slopping around on the floor of your Bronco while you're out hitting bumps and riding on uneven surfaces? A gridded seat back means you can hook up things and know exactly where they'll be when you go to reach for them. Washable rubberized floors. Opt for the black diamond or Badland trims, or Badlands trims, and you get marine grade vinyl trim seats paired to rubberized flooring that can be washed out with a hose, making post off-roading adventure cleanup quick and easy, supposedly. But Center mounted window switches. Removable doors meant Ford engineers couldn't have the master window switchboard leaving the driver's side. So instead of putting it on the door, it was put on the center console. That's fair and it makes sense. Fold-out seat. Need a place to sit after a long day of adventures? This fold-out tray comes out of the rear floor of the Bronco and tucks neatly away when not in use. 
It's basically just a built-in bench, essentially, but it looks pretty cool. That is now out of the way, though, so let's talk about the Broncos independent front suspension, which I believe was talked about briefly in the first article that we covered today. Hardcore off-roaders and Jeep fans swear by the solid axle. They say the durability, articulation, and simplicity of a live axle setup can't be beat. Yet slowly, the solid front axle has died out. Aside from the Wrangler, no new passenger vehicle sold in the U.S. today has a solid front axle. And now we know the new Ford Bronco won't change that either. The Bronco instead opts for an independent front suspension like pretty much every other truck or SUV out there. It's easy to see why, too. Independent front suspension gives you more wheel control, reduces unsprung weight, and increases steering precision. But the new Bronco isn't just about the on-road experience. And independent front suspension has some drawbacks for off-roaders. Most IFS designs offer less suspension travel than a solid axle, making it harder to maintain traction on uneven surfaces and keep all four wheels on the ground. According to Gavin McGee, a vehicle dynamics engineer for the Bronco, Ford considered a solid front axle, but beyond the fact that the increased unsprung weight tends to make for an uncomfortable ride, there were other dynamic concerns. A big one is wheel control, which suffers on a live axle vehicle. Because both wheels are tied together, a bump on one side affects the other. That creates a wobbly ride, especially at speed, as the suspension can't keep up with the cascading impacts. <coughs> Death wobble. On high-speed washboard surfaces or desert conditions, independent suspension allows for greater control. Perhaps more importantly, though, independent front suspension allows for more precise, responsive steering. Solid axle vehicles mostly use recirculating ball steering systems, which is an ancient design. Independent suspension allows for more modern steering systems, which should help give the Bronco better high-speed behavior than the Wrangler, and more precise steering feedback at all speeds. Lastly, McGee says Ford has mitigated a lot of the off-road compromises of the independent front suspension design. One of, the key one of the key things that reduces the flexibility of an independent suspension setup is the stabilizer bar, which links the two front wheels together to reduce body roll. The Bronco has an available electronic disconnect on its front stabilizer bar, allowing more wheel travel on an RTI ramp, which measures a 4x4 suspension flex. A Bronco Badlands goes from a score of 560 with the stabilizer bar connected to 700 when disconnected. Finally, while independent suspension used to mean limited wheel travel, Ford says the Bronco suspension has 17% more travel than the Wrangler. You can also get Bilstein position sensitive dampers on every trim of the Bronco, which get stiffer toward the top of their travel. That means more on-road comfort around town with better composure in challenging high-speed terrain. Combined with the inherent advantages of independent front suspension systems, the new Bronco should easily feel more refined and stable than the Wrangler, especially in the on-road driving where most owners spend the majority of their time. Kind of coinciding with the prior article, the 2021 Ford Bronco already has a few big advantages over the Jeep Wrangler. Even before we get it on the road, we can tell Ford's not messing around. The arrival of the 2021 Ford Bronco means that for the first time in decades, the Jeep Wrangler has a true, direct competitor. And though we haven't driven the new Bronco yet, it's clear that Ford is serious about taking on the most established off-road nameplate in America. Because when you're going up against a product as popular as the Wrangler, it's not enough to match what your competitor is already doing. You have to unseat the king. In a few key ways, it looks like Ford has done just that. High speed stability and steering. One of the more controversial decisions Ford made with the new Bronco was the choice to go for independent front suspension over a solid axle like the Wrangler has. It's not an unpopular design choice. In fact, 
The new G-Wagon has gone to an independent front suspension. Jeep is the only one making solid front axle vehicles for the US market, but Jeep fans and hardcore off-roaders often mention that solid axles offer a lot more durability and high articulation. Articulation is the amount of vertical wheel travel relative to the body of the vehicle, with greater articulation allowing an off-roader to take on more uneven surfaces without losing contact with the ground. Because if your wheels aren't if your wheels aren't touching the ground, they're probably just spinning in the air, unless you lock the diffs, but even that's not going to get you out of absolutely all situations. However, there's a reason Ford went with an independent front suspension. Solid axles are heavy, with greater unsprung weight, making ride and body control more difficult. They also take up a ton of room, require a less, less precise steering mechanism, and often contribute to a busier ride at speed. All of that means that the Bronco will likely maintain more composure in higher speed off-road situations, have better steering, and be more docile on the highway when compared to a Wrangler. Ground clearance, departure angle, breakover angle, and fording depth. Ford's quite proud of the cleverness of the available Sasquatch package. Like the mythical creature, Broncos that go for this come with some seriously big feet. It includes 35-inch tires, which help give the Bronco a class-leading 11.6 inches of ground clearance. Wrangler Rubicons sit at 10.8 inches above the ground. That increased ground clearance gives it better departure and breakover angles than the Jeep. The all-EcoBoost launch lineup of the Bronco offers 270 horsepower standard from a turbocharged 2.3 liter and up to 310 horsepower from a 2.7 liter V6. While the Jeep's base V6 beats the 270 horsepower 4-banger, no Jeep power plant makes as much horsepower as the 2.7 liter engine. Its 400 pound-feet of torque also beats all of the gas Wranglers, though the eco-diesel engine offered by Jeep beats Ford's 2.7 liter V6 with 442 pound-feet of twist. Of course, none of that matters if Jeep goes through with the 6.4 liter V8 Wrangler Rubicon 392. It's only a concept for now, but a source confirmed to Road & Track that it was destined for series production. Mm, we'll see. Competition is a good thing, though. It's no coincidence that the V8 Jeep concept was announced on the Bronco's reveal day. Here's to hoping we'll get a raptorized Bronco with a V8 or the 3.5 liter EcoBoost V6. So, you know, I was, on, I was in a Discord server, or I am in a Discord server, and it's automotive related, and one of the members was talking about how Ford just decimated Jeep. And looking at the ground clearance of 11.6 inches compared to 10.8 inches, I definitely have to disagree there. Not that Ford didn't beat Jeep. They did. It has more ground clearance. That is undeniable. But we're not talking about a five... We're not talking about, let's say, six inches of ground clearance to 11, to 11 inches of ground clearance. We're talking about 10.8 to 11.6. Not even, technically speaking, not even a one-inch difference. Not that that's not important, but... The Wrangler is still a very, very, very capable off-road vehicle as far as ground clearance is concerned. You're not really going to miss out that much by going for the Wrangler. At the very least, not in this regard. Of course, no, oh wait, I just talked about that. <laughs> the doors. Anyone who has taken the doors off of a Wrangler knows that it's easy to drive a car without doors, but pretty annoying to drive one without mirrors. You don't realize how much you use the Jeep's door-mounted mirrors subconsciously until you lose them entirely. For the Bronco, Ford chose to mount the mirror on the bodywork. That means you'll be able to slide the doors off without massively impacting situational awareness. Ford also claims that they're seriously simple to take off. At the very least, they're frameless doors. That makes them way more compact, light, and easy to store. Just roll down the windows, slide them off, and drop them in the back. The little details. One thing Ford has proven with the new F-150, Bronco, and Bronco Sport, which we'll do later, is its ability to nail the little lifestyle things that make owning a car better. 
They all have built-in bottle openers for tailgating. The Bronco Sport has camp illuminating floodlights, and the Bronco is packed with well-thought-out touches such as that. There's a little rail on the dashboard to mount your phone and GPS, so you can keep things from sliding around without the need for a view-blocking suction cup mount. There's a slide-out seat on the tailgate for sitting around or prepping gear. There's room to store the roof panels and the doors on board. Everything can be optioned to be water-resistant and, in the case of the floods, drainable. No, in the case of the floors, drainable. There's a clear mounting point for a winch and hood-mounted tie-downs. Ford's even offering an app to store trail maps. Sure, the JL Wrangler took a big leap forward in terms of usability, but clearly Ford has thought of the little things. These aren't the flashy, headline-grabbing options, but the things owners will come to appreciate over the years. But the bad news. None of this means that Ford's bloodied and battered the segment veteran. The older and more established Jeep still has a few objective benefits over the Bronco. It may not have the clearance of the Bronco, by a, at the very least in terms of ground clearance, a minuscule amount. It does, however, have better approach angle. That means it should be able to approach steeper obstacles without scraping, though the Bronco's better breakover and departure angles will help when you've already gotten into, well, gotten onto an obstacle. The solid axle also increases wheel articulation, another area where the Wrangler shines. Plus, the Bronco is launching with over 200 available accessories. Impressive, but there are few vehicles with as much aftermarket support as the Wrangler. If you want to immediately modify your truck mechanically, it'll take, it'll probably anyway, take a few years for the support for the Bronco to be as robust as the Jeep. Moving to the Sasquatch package though, it is apparently a must-have option for the Ford Bronco. Bilstein shocks, locking axles, and meaty 35-inch mud tires define the ultimate Bronco package. The 2021 Bronco is finally here. Among all the packages and available options introduced today by Ford, one stands out to us. The Sasquatch package. An off-roading equipment upgrade. Off-roading, that was weird. I thought I was just going to say off-road. An off-roading equipment upgrade meant to give the new SUV an edge off the pavement. It includes must-have items we don't think any Bronco should go without. Select the Sasquatch package on your Bronco build and you get a shorter 4.7 point, or I guess 4.7 to 1 final drive ratio. Position sensitive Bilstein shocks. Locking axles front and rear. 17 inch beadlock capable wheels. And a set of fat! 35-inch mud, mud terrain tires. To help clear those tires, the option group also includes a suspension lift kit and higher-mounted fender flares. Opting for the package means you get the shortest final drive ratio available. The manual transmission Broncos get a 4.46 to 1 ratio from, from stock, while the automatic versions get a 3.73 to 1 ratio. And the biggest factory tire size possible a 5-inch increase over the base rubber diameter to be exact. The best part? The Sasquatch package is available on every single Bronco trim and comes standard on both the Wild Track and First Edition models. That means you can get all of the essential off-roading stuff you need right from the factory without having to upgrade to some ultra-expensive trim level just to get the fun bits or having to take the time to upgrade a base version yourself. <coughs> Jeep. It's worth noting that while the Sasquatch package gives you a whole lot, it doesn't include the full suite of performance upgrades Ford has on offer for the Bronco. It's missing the heavy-duty bumpers, rock rails, bash plates, marine-grade vinyl seats, and rubberized washable floors from the Black Diamond trim, as well as the front disconnecting sway bar in the Badlands trim. So if you want the ultimate factory Bronco off-roader, you're going to have to spend a bit more. 
Even worse, the Sasquatch package is only available in conjunction with the 10-speed automatic transmission, according to Ford North America Product Communications Manager Mike Levine. So a basic three-pedal two-door Bronco with all of the right off-roading bits, our ideal spec, is off the table. RIP! RIP! That's just lame! So lame. Finally though, we get to the pricing. The 2021 Ford Bronco starts at $29,995, but can be optioned to over $60,000. Here's what you get with every trim level of the new Bronco. After years of waiting and tons of leaks, Ford has finally revealed the 2021 Bronco. Specifications and features aside, we were still curious about one thing, pricing. Well, Ford's finally released the numbers for every trim and body style. Here's how it breaks down. All prices exclude the $1,495 destination charge. Starting, obviously, with the base. The base two-door Bronco starts at $28,500. It comes standard with a 2.3-liter EcoBoost inline-four, sending power to all four wheels via a 7-speed manual transmission with an included crawler gear. There's also Ford's GOAT 5-mode terrain management system, an 8-inch infotainment screen, and a set of sweet 16-inch steel wheels wrapped in 30-inch tires. Buyers will be able to option the 2.7-liter EcoBoost V6, the 10-speed auto, and the Sasquatch package, and the more advanced four-wheel drive system. If you want four doors, that'll add $4,700. Moving up from that, we have the Big Bend. Also, I just want to say immediately, from the side, looking at looking at these photos from the building price tool, this Bronco looks more like a Defender than the new Defender does. <laughs> That's Ford has made a better Defender than Land Rover did. What a shame. Okay, anyway, the Big Bend. Choosing the 33,385 Big Bend trim adds another mode to the GOAT terrain management system. 17-inch aluminum wheels with 32-inch tires, a leather-wrapped steering wheel and shifter, LED fog lights, a carbonized gray grille, and window tinting. Like the base car, optional equipment includes the Sasquatch package, the bigger 2.7-liter engine, the 10-speed auto, and the on-demand four-wheel drive drivetrain. Buyers can also option the mid-package, which gets you things like a 110-volt power outlet, keyless entry, dual-zone climate control, heated front seats, and a host of active safety features. The four-door version costs $2,495 more. Then we have the Black Diamond. I think the Big Bend and the Black Diamond will probably be the two most popular packages. Maybe the Outer Banks after that will come in at a close third. Anyway though, the Black Diamond. Go for the Black Diamond trim and you'll be paying a minimum of $36,050. It includes everything from the Big Bend trim, plus things like a heavy-duty front bumper, a steel rear bumper, rock rails, bash plates, marine-grade vinyl seats, rubberized washable flooring, 17-inch steel wheels wrapped in 32-inch all-terrain tires, and an extra mode in the GOAT terrain management system. Options include the bigger 2.7-liter the bigger engine, the 10-speed auto, the more advanced four-wheel drive system, the Sasquatch package, and the mid-package. Pricing for the four-door variant has yet to be released. After that, you have the Outer Banks, in what has to be said in, is in a very, very nice blue indeed. The Outer Banks trim, which starts at $38,955, is when the Bronco starts to get more luxury-focused. It includes everything from the Big Bend package, but gets 18-inch machine-face aluminum wheels, LED exterior lights, powder-coated tube steps, cloth-heated front row bucket seats, the mid-package, and body-colored fenders mirror caps, and door handles. The 2.7-liter engine and the 10-speed are still options, as is the advanced four-wheel drive system, leather trim seats, and the Sasquatch package. 
You can also option the high package, which gets you a 12-inch infotainment screen, a 360-degree camera, and more sound deadening. Or the Lux package, which includes the high package plus adaptive cruise control, a 10-speed no 10-speaker sound system, a wireless charging pad, a heated steering wheel, and two optional USB smart charging ports. At $2,495 if you want two more doors. Then the Badlands. If off-roading is your goal, the $42,095 Badlands trim is the one to get. It comes with everything in the Big Ben trim, plus 33-inch all-terrain tires, a 7-mode GOAT terrain management system, a unique suspension setup with a disconnecting front sway bar, plus the heavy-duty bumpers and the vinyl seats and rubberized flooring from the Black Diamond trim. Leather seats, as well as every aforementioned package, are available as options. Slap another $2,495 to add back doors. Then, the Wild Track. The Wild Track is the most expensive normal production Bronco trim, with a starting price of $48,875. It has everything from the Outer Banks trim and comes standard with the bigger 2.7 liter engine, the 10 speed auto, the advanced four wheel drive system, and the Sasquatch package, and even the 7 mode GOAT terrain management system. There's also carpeted flooring, a model-specific hood graphic, heated front seats, and a black-painted hardtop roof. Leather seats, the high package, and the luxe package are available as options. Factor in, like most of the, of the previous trims, another $2,495 for the base four-door No, not the base, for the four-door model. Then lastly, the first edition. Think of the $59,305 first edition as a mashup of all the greatest parts of each trim. Limited to just 3,500 units, it's essentially a Badlands Bronco that comes standard with the Lux package, the Sasquatch package, a Safari bar, and the black painted hardtop, and the carpeted flooring from the Wild Track. There's also a unique interior with leather seats that are heated in the front, as well as first edition graphics on the hood and body. Stepping up to the four-door variant will cost an extra $4,195. Not that it matters much, because according to Ford's website, every example has already been spoken for! Why?! <laughs> That's... that does make me sad. And now, finally, with all of the hard information out of the way, let's get to some subjectivity. What do I think of the new Broncos looks? Eh, I don't hate it actually. I think... I think Ford did a fairly respectable job in modernizing the Bronco. It's just a fairly... eh design to me. It. I don't like how high the belt line is, because it makes the, I don't know, it just, it makes the roof look really, really small, like, the, it makes the green area, or sorry, the greenhouse look almost cartoonishly small to me, and it doesn't, it doesn't quite add up, I, that's, that's something I really appreciate with the Wranglers, that it has a fairly proportionate greenhouse, and it doesn't look squashed, because the new Bronco, to me, kind of looks like a Tonka truck, <laughs> you know, massive body, and then really small cabin, I'm not, a big fan of that look. I don't know if any of you have seen this very specific press photo that I'm about to talk about, but you know the one where, you know, you have the... So it's kind of purple in tint. It's the yellow two-door Bronco without the roof of the doors on it, and it has the really cool yellow and red sky. If you know the one I'm talking about, that's the photo that makes it look most like a Tonka truck. It literally looks like a toy to me. It looks like a toy. It doesn't even look like a real car. Kind of, kind of looks like a Power Wheels, actually. But as far as being faithful to the older Bronco, I think it does an okay job at that. It does a, a respectable job at that. But it doesn't look bad. It doesn't look bad. It just looks really, really cartoony to me. Really, 
strangely cartoony, but not especially terrible. So as far as looks go, I eh, I think it looks okay. I think it looks good on a basic level. It's just the proportions are really, really strange to me. But I will say someone made a good point on Twitter that most people seem to like it. They don't really hate it. This is They were saying that this has to have been the least divisive or divisive reveal, or car reveal, I should say, in a long time. And I tend to agree. I tend to agree. I, I've yet to see anyone that really, really hated it. I think most people are, are either kind of like me, where they're like, eh, it's okay. And then you have others who really, really, really like it and think it's the best thing to slice bread. But yeah, the exterior, the front end, reminds me a lot of the Jimny, which is <laughs> kind of funny. The proportions are a bit strange, but oh well, that's kind of a minor... I guess a minor annoyance for me. The four-door version, once again, still looks like a better Defender than the new Defender, which is like, absolutely hilarious. But does it look like a Bronco? Mm, I don't know. I don't. I see Bronco more so in the two-door version. But to be fair, I'm when I think Bronco, I think of the two-door one, so I see it more in my mind. So having a Bronco that's a four-door is a little strange to me. It's a little bit foreign. Lastly, though, then you have the interior, and I'm going to be straight up. While I am kind of annoyed at seeing a not Mustang badge on the Bronco because I, I it hasn't solidified in my mind yet that oh hey this is not some Mustang trim it's it's its own model it's the Bronco. I do like the steering wheel. I like I like the shape. I like the design. I mean it's obviously a circle, but I guess what I mean is I like the design. I think the Bronco logo will grow on me. It's just I'd rather see the Ford logo in that steering wheel, but. That's a minor annoyance. The rest of the interior, like the dash, the dash is simple. It's very, very simple, very utilitarian. But with that being said, I think it's very, I don't want to say effective, but clean. It's a very clean design, and I appreciate that, especially considering the new, the new F-150s is a little bit less clean. It's fairly simple, but then again, the Wrangler has a relatively simple dash design, so Ford's just kind of doing a very similar thing here. They're saying it's in, it was inspired by the old Bronco interiors, and to, to some extent, I could I could see that. Overall, it just looks like a forwardized JL Wrangler interior to me. The 12-inch screen looks good. It It's just kind of weird to me seeing... It looks like a fairly... It doesn't look like a dash that would have such a big screen. If anything, it almost looks like... And I've been saying this with the exterior, but it almost, to me, looks like an icon interior so a resto mod that would have or or maybe a you know a modernized old bronco interior that had a proper radio or something that wouldn't have a touch screen so you just you have what is a fairly clean simple interior and then you have a massive screen in it and i i don't know something about it's just weird to me it's just kind of i guess breaks the th not the theme i don't know it's hard for me to explain it but there's just something strange about the way that the screen sits in the interior to me but you have redundant hvac controls which is quite nice thank the lord for that the seats look pretty okay they've got so up until you get to the top of the seat on this one specific model it's black and then you have a very wood a very dark tan wood what is it hardwood floor looking color on the top of the seats which i quite like well i say i like it i don't hate it it's it's strange because the design is a little bit weird, but I think more people will like it than hate it. And if not, they just won't go for it. Yeah, you know, the interior is pretty pretty simple, pretty bare bones, which considering the type of off-roading this car is going to, or this SUV, I should say, is going to do, that's probably for the better. That's probably for the better. Well, 
I guess it's just weird seeing the touchscreen, such a massive touchscreen in what is largely a very simplistic interior. It's just, it just kind of comes out of nowhere as, as something that draws your eye into the middle of the dash. And yeah, it does have a, you know, a digital gauge cluster. It does at least have that. Let's scroll through a little bit here. Got the buttons on the top. I like the wood grain on the gear knob for the manual. That's, that's a nice touch. I do like that. And then you have a more lux luxury-oriented version. So the, let's call it the cover for now, but the dash cover is completely in white. So it's not just black with, you know, yellow stitching on the outside or tan on the top of the dash and the bottom. The middle, so it's a lot like the JL Wrangler where you can have, you know, the dash color be covered in green or colored in green or red or silver. Ford did a very, very, very similar thing here. I guess what's, there's just so many things that's weird about that touchscreen to me, but in this photo, it just looks like a really mini TV. I don't know, I'm, I'm sorry for being very inarticulate about why it's strange to me, but there's something, it's hard to put my finger on why it looks so weird to me, but it does look really rather strange. Just try and cycle through a little bit here. I'm using the mouse keys at the moment because I can to try and keep the noise down. Then you have the bench that we were talking about earlier, which has a very, to me, 60s looking Ford text on it. And definitely from the Bronco area, which is a nice touch. Then you have the Bronco Sport, which is kind of weird. Looks like the old, not, not Land Rover Discovery. It looks like the Land Rover Freelander. That's what it looks like, a modern version of that. Yeah, that's the, that's the biggest difference that I can tell right now between the old Bronco, because I have a photo of the old Bronco and the new Bronco, is that the old Bronco's greenhouse is a lot bigger, whereas the modern one is a lot smaller, so it just looks more squished, and it looks kind of like just a massive ATV, which is a little strange. Not bad, not bad at all, just weird proportionally, especially considering how wide it is. But yeah, I don't hate the interior, I like the design of the steering wheel, the touchscreen, Something, something's weird about it. It might just be the press photos. I think I figured out what's weird about the touchscreen now. And it's the fact that it seems to just sit there. Unlike when some cars where the touchscreen's kind of the main focus, well, not the main focus, but a focus point of the interior and they draw quite a bit of attention to it. The Bronco's interior with a 12-inch screen, it seems to have been just integrated. Simply, there's no, there's no fuss to the design. It's just there. It just exists. It's very, very normal as if it's not a remarkable feature of the interior, which I suppose it's not. I guess, I guess I'm guess i so used to there being some kind of intricate design or fun elements or, you know, something going on with the touchscreen that it just existing there in the dash is, is so strange now. But anyway, though, what do you guys think of the new Bronco? Uh, visually, I'm, I don't hate, I guess I'm kind of indifferent. The proportionally, it's kind of weird. And I guess overall, I don't really care, but it's not bad. Ford did a respectable job, a pretty good job of designing it. The interior, I like. I think it's definitely a bit more modern than the JL Wrangler, but I love the JL Wrangler's interior even still. Pricing, they got it bang on. The tech, they definitely have Jeep beat there. In a few specific areas, i.e. the front, uh, the independent front suspension, they definitely have Jeep beat there. Overall, I'm hoping that Jeep, either with the next generation or with a massive redesign of the current JL, that they really step it up to compete with the Bronco because, hey, competition improves the breed. But anyway, if you enjoy, if you're listening on Podbean or Spotify, please like the episode, share the episode, and follow the podcast. Comment if you can. 
If you're listening or watching on YouTube, like, comment, share, and subscribe. Hitting the little notification bell. That way you're notified every time I upload. And by the way, if you want to be notified every time, you're going to have to hit all notifications because for some reason YouTube changed that. If you want to listen to this podcast on the road and don't have or don't want the Podbean mobile app, well, hey, just boot up Spotify before you set off. Type in Cody's Car Conundrum. Then choose the episode you want to listen to. I hope you enjoyed. I'll see you all next time. You've just listened to me probably ramble about some cars if I'm being honest. If you've enjoyed me passionately talking about lumps of metal on wheels, then why don't you follow me on Twitter at CodyCar, C-O-N-U-N-D-R-M, or check out my website, www.codyscarconundrum.com, for articles and other car-related content. If you have any questions or would like to become a sponsor, send an email to drtaffy777 at gmail.com and put sponsor in the subject line. Make sure to follow me here or any other platform so you don't miss out on more full-throttle content. Thanks for listening. I'll see you all in the next episode.